Welcome to Art on the Wire, where you get to hear from artists about a time when the outcome didn't seem certain, where they nearly lost balance, when they and their art was on the wire. I'm your host, Kathleen, and today we'll be speaking with Maureen Goss. Maureen practices many forms of art. She's a writer, a photographer, a painter, and works in other visual arts, and is also a dancer and movement artist. Thank you, Maureen, for joining oh, me today. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks. Well, Thank I'm you, Kathleen. I'm excited to talk with you. Yeah. And getting to be see your process every day and see your dedication and going and writing every morning and painting and doing your movement is well, really Well, you know incredible. about discipline, Kathleen, right? <laughs> Kathleen was a ballet dancer. I just I had tried. to <laughs> put that in there. Yeah. A, a real ballet dancer. Okay. Well, I'm ready. Thanks, Maureen. Ready for your questions. Wonderful. Um, Maureen, can you talk to me about a time when you were really challenged as an artist? And what was that like? There were so many times, but I think the time that really comes up for me is when I moved from New York City, the Greenwich Village, to a remote farm in Connecticut. And to me, that was a huge transition. It was not a transition for my family, but for me, it was. Yeah, I mean, that's a big change to go from a bustling art scene in the heart of New York City to a very quiet town on yeah. the Connecticut shoreline. Yeah, I should probably tell you the reason I did that. Yes, please. Was because my son was entering kindergarten, and it was the choice between, it was in the 80s, New York was dangerous. It was the choice between him staying in the apartment and having play dates, micromanaging, or going to a farm where he could ride his bicycle on acres of fresh earth. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's another creative pursuit, right? Raising a child, but oh, very yeah. different taking you away from some of yeah. your, you know, more visible and tangible forms of art to, to nurture your family. Right. Um, so can you talk to me, where were you in your life as an artist? Like, what were you doing at that time? What did that look like for you while you were in Greenwich Village? I was a fashion photographer. I was well-known in the fashion community, the modeling agencies. I was known for photographing new models and getting photographs that would get them a lot of work. So I had a lot of freedom. The agencies knew me. I had a great routine in my day. I would go to dance class. I'd drop off my son at nursery school and uh, come back and do a shooting, give it to the agency, and I had a huge community because of that. You know, the whole art world, fashion world, dance world, friends who lived in the neighborhood, my son's friends, and uh, yeah, that was my community. Yeah. That's where I was, in sure. Greenwich Village. Sure. No, it sounds like it was a really vibrant and life-giving community for you, and you were with a lot of like-minded people and had a lot of opportunities to pursue your it art. It was great, and I was, at that point, I had just sold a photograph in an auction at Phillips Auction House. Wow. So that was a big thing for me. And I just did a fashion spread, an editorial spread, where we used my son in addition to two models. And um, I was really at the peak of where I ever was in photography. Right. Yeah, it sounds like you were really at the pinnacle of your career, just kind of, you know, at a place where your career was just really yeah. taking off and growing. So what right. was it like for you to go to Connecticut and to kind of step away from that? Well, I knew when I went that I would be stepping away from it because there's no fashion up there. So I knew I would be. And I was prepared for that. And my friends thought I was absolutely insane. They could not believe it. But I went and um, it was it was dry. Sure. It was a desert. 
actually. <laughs> yeah. So what did, I mean, did you have any way to practice your art, especially initially after you had that transition? No, I did not. Um, the key for me was finding like-minded people, and that took a while. Sure. But I did. And uh, as far as photography, I started to notice that there was beauty around me, not just in, I would always carry my camera on the street in New York, so I'd get homeless people, street people, fashion models. And so I thought very narrowly that was beauty. And so I had to expand my vision. And I started to notice my son in the canoe in the morning sun with our dog paddling through the marsh, and that was a gorgeous photograph, or the sun rising over the East River, or three cows in the morning, in the morning mist. So it wasn't just a, I had to expand my vision of beauty. Yeah. So can you talk to me a little bit more, like how, how did that change in setting and expanding your vision of beauty and finding new subjects for your photography? And how did that kind of change your practice of your art? Of the photography art. The photography yeah. or your other arts, too. Well, I didn't have a community that would call me up every day and say, hey, could you get photos of this or that? So I did not have that. So I had to rely on myself to just keep photographing. And eventually, because I started to meet people, I met a gallerist with a very well-known gallery in town who asked me to do a show. So I went through all my old photographs and I had a show, and it was very well received. The newspapers reviewed it. Uh, Ann Nye, who's very popular in Connecticut, did a story on me on television. She interviewed me at the gallery. And it was so well, well received that I was inspired to do more. Sure. That and had to be really encouraging to have you know, an audience for your work in a place that you thought was completely devoid of any art or yeah. audience and to have that opportunity. How long did that take? Like, how long was it between when you moved and when you had that, that gallery opening? Probably about six years. Okay. So quite a, <laughs> so, quite a while. Yeah. But during that time, I found other creative outlets for the other things I did. Sure. So I always, in New York, I always went to dance class three or four times a week. There was not a dance class in Connecticut. Right. So what do I do? I had learned Qigong, which is a movement art in New York, so I decided I would teach it okay. there. And so instead of taking classes every day, I started to advertise to teach this form of healing art that I learned, and I started teaching groups. And I invited my teacher from China to come, and he stayed with us for two months, and we videotaped him doing the form, and uh, it was that was something I did in between that time. That and sense. writing, I always wrote. So every morning I'd write, okay. and then I read Natalie Goldberg's books, Writing Down the Bones and Wild Mind, and I was so inspired. I did a workshop with her, so my writing started to take on a new form, and I would write every day. I did that every day since I was in college anyway, so... That's that's an incredible discipline. And I know I've seen that, like your consistency to go every morning and write is just really, really admirable. I mean, that's that's amazing. How did you feel like 
the you know those six years in between having a gallery with some of your older photographs kind of re you know finding new subjects leaning into your writing leaning into your movement how did you feel like that space kind of helped inform your writing and your movement I mean it sounds like you definitely had time for that in New York but did you find that that kind of shifted in Connecticut it did because in New York it was well defined my day was well-defined. I had no room in my mind to look for other things. So when I got to Connecticut, not only was I not in a neighborhood, I was on this 800 acres of fresh earth. So I had to look other places. And it took me a while. At first, I was very lonely. And the only joy I had was in my family and making my home beautiful. So that's another thing. I'm right. always interested in beauty. So I started to do the house over. It was a dilapidated old house. I started to make a garden, arrange yeah. flowers. So I started to do things that I never would have done in New York. And in hindsight, it was really a blessing in disguise. Sure. And my son will tell me that that was the greatest gift I could give him. And I knew that at the time when I moved there. Right. So it was it was a sacrifice, but it was, as all sacrifices, I think it really was a blessing. Definitely. Well, and it's amazing, too, how those, those times where you kind of step away from the things that are more obvious or more visual or more seen by the public eye and kind of step away and lean into things that are quieter, more hidden, you know, finding those hidden arts of even homemaking and raising a child and doing your writing day in and day out and practicing healing movement, you know, those are less visible, you know, less public ways of practicing your art, but kind of really interesting to hear how that was nurturing for you and kind of expanded and matured and broadened your practice of art and then also benefited your son and your husband and your community too. I mean, it sounds like you were really able to bring a lot to your to your new community in Connecticut through the classes that you were teaching, through the art that you were showing at the gallery. So that's that's really incredible to hear. And can you talk to me a little bit too of how did you find or keep a routine? Because I know, you know, when when we took a year in Connecticut there on the farm, it is, it's so beautiful, but it is very removed. And so it's it's a very different perspective. And I know with any transition and especially taking away some of those structures of scheduling and timing yeah. and you know accountability of like you're gonna be at this dance class and you're gonna be with this client right. here. How did you maintain that discipline or find a routine? Was it pretty easy for you or was that a real challenge? It was a challenge at first, but I did it because I needed to do it. Otherwise, sure. I would just be sitting in the house and walking around the land all day. Right. So I would go to a cafe in the morning and write after he went to school. And then, you know, a routine of him being in school was also a routine. I had my day to myself. Right. So I would go to a cafe and write. I started to meet people. I would definitely have to reach out because nobody was reaching out to me. Sure. So amazingly, one of the the best tribes I met up there, which really surprised me because I was away from my church, was my Catholic faith. I went to Mass one morning and I saw smiling faces. Sure. <laughs> and uh, I started to connect with them. And it was actually through them that I met the gallerist who had a gallery next door. So it, it's really about reaching out to people for me at that point. It was about reaching out and finding people and having the time to spend with them and yeah. that I created a routine that really worked. Sure. So I'd write, I'd go to Mass in the morning, I would talk to people, and I got the idea to teach 
Qigong. Yeah. It sounds like you were able to really make, you know, form some of those relationships and make those connections over time in Connecticut. Did you find you were able to still maintain some of your community and friendships from Greenwich Village or did that come Oh, yeah. They all, many came to the show in Connecticut. I was so surprised I invited them and they were so thrilled to come. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's that's amazing to hear. Um, And I'm still good friends with many of them today. So. Yeah, really valuable and enduring yeah. relationships. So that's it important like. for people to think of when they move. They think that they're losing everything, but actually, if you can just get through that desert time, you're really gaining much more. Yeah. And I so, think. Maureen, can you talk to me a little bit too? Like through that desert time, how did you hold on to hope and inspiration and kind of keep plowing ahead and, and making a way with your art and finding new ways to do that and not just kind of give up in despair about the change and, and the loss of? what you had in Greenwich Village? Well, I think being part of a family helped because I had to get groceries and cook meals and the joy of seeing my son loving the country, riding his bike and making friends. And I think that's what kept me going was just, you know, I knew that I was giving up a lot, but I was gaining a lot by just seeing the joy in my family. My husband loved the farm. He really didn't like the city. So he was thriving. My son was thriving. So just to see that helped me. Sure. Yeah, to see how other people find joy and and things that are life-giving. Yeah. Yeah. That's very inspiring. Yeah. And then just that's when I started to see the beauty in things. That's when I picked up my camera. It was a long time before I picked up that camera again. But I started to see things that really inspired me because I knew light very well from being a fashion photographer. So I just use that in the country. Yes. Well, and it's amazing to see your photographs. You really do have such a gift for seeing light. And I think that's, it's, yeah, really incredible to see the way that that comes out in your photographs from that period and from your time working in New York City and your time in Connecticut and the photographs I've seen even recently that you take of my own kids, you know, the way that you're yeah. able to capture light and expression too, the way you capture people's personality, I think, is just such a gift. And then the way that you kind of play off of that now with your multimedia work, so that that mixed media work. So can you talk to me a little bit too, what has it been like revisiting some of those older photographs from before this period or during this period and kind of crafting something new out of them? What's that been like for you? Well, I just want to say the reason that I knew photography, the way that I learned photography was I was a model for four years. So I really got to know what made me look good. That helps. <laughs> and what made me look good and how to be in front of the camera and what I expected from a photographer to relax me. So sure. th- when I take photos of your kids, that comes to my mind. That was my training for four years. Right. So um, I forgot what the question was. I kind of got off on a tangent. What was it? That's okay. No, I think just... Um, Oh, gosh, now oh, I can't was remember always either. Looking at my photographs now from right. that time. yes. Yeah. Well, I can remember everything about the models that I took photos of, but I see it in a new light now because and it was during the pandemic, of course, another right. desert time. Yes. When I took those photos out and somebody called me and said, hey, I need some work. Do you want to organize your photos? Do you want to put them? And I said, yeah, yeah, I have nothing to do either. So we took months to organize all my photos. And as I did that, I was remembering everything. And I took out my paints. I had worked with an artist who was a painter. 
in New York, and so I observed a lot from him. So I took out paints and I started to create new mixed media with the old photographs. And to my surprise, a gallery in Guilford again, I entered it into a show and they gave me first honors. So I thought, oh, well, I have something here. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, I continued and I'm doing it now. We're living near D.C. and I'm doing I'm submitting my pictures to places and they're accepting them. So that's very validating. And it's fun to work in this new media. Definitely. No, it's it's been great to see that so many of your paintings have been picked up the gallery in Guilford and another gallery in Connecticut and then here, you know, in the DC area. It's been and I know, you know, living with you too to see your process, you know, of, of when you work with George to make those prints and then you get them and you're able to really just transform them into something new and something different, I think is really neat. And at your point too, the pandemic really being another time of desert and another time of transition and just kind of creating that space. And so it sounds like you've really, you know, with, with the time you mentioned from your move from Greenwich to Greenwich Village to Connecticut, and then the time during the pandemic, I mean, those were both like really desert times, like you said. And so, but then such creativity and such fruitfulness in your art coming out of those. So I think to Maureen, what would you say, like, how, how do you think those experiences of desert and then that fruitful period afterwards, you know, that season of just really finding joy in your art and finding new ways to express it, how has that changed you as an artist? Well, I appreciate the desert more. I really did not like the desert. I don't think anybody likes the desert. No. But if you can go into the desert knowing that, okay, this is really good for me, I need this time to just be, which is so hard right now because everybody wants to keep going, going, going. But that's what the pandemic forced all of us to do. Right. And I would have never done what I'm doing now had it not been for that desert. And um, I think for me, it's made me much more appreciative of my art, um, makes me want to give more. It makes me not afraid of a desert coming <laughs> because I'm sure there will be one. And uh, yeah, I just see beauty in everything. And I, and I also have to say that I'm living in a three-generational household. So there's two toddlers and that brings me great joy. So there's a breakup of the art and helping out with the kids. That is really fulfilling for me and it informs my work. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, that makes sense. And I think, too, just it's so encouraging to hear how those desert periods helped you deepen your art and find more patience with the deserts when they come and, and holding on to that hope that it, it is just a season and that there's other things on the other side of that. So thank you, Maureen, for sharing. And thanks You're for welcome. sharing about You're your welcome. art. It was great to be here. Yeah. And just to kind of wrap us up, are there any films or books that you would recommend to our listeners um, to help inform their art? Well, there's a great film on Bill Cunningham, and I think the name of it is Bill Cunningham. But he was a photographer that I knew in New York who was good friends with somebody I worked with who just believed in his art and was an amazing person. So I would, I would recommend that. And I'd also recommend Natalie Goldberg's books. She's a great person to inspire writers. So writing down the bones and wild mind are really good resources for writers. Great. Thank you for sharing that. And again, thank you for sharing your time, Maureen, and your thoughts with us and your art. We were, I definitely appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.